ready to go here. 2.30 PGA show from Osmo.com. I am Ben Braslett. That is fantasy golf man Tim Frank. But more importantly than that, this is the Masters. We've made it. It's November. Uh, didn't think we were going to get one, but I also didn't think we were going to get a golf season in general. We absolutely did. It is here, Tim. We always have this discussion. Is this the best major? Is this your least favorite major? Rank those majors. Who in their right mind would say it's their least favorite major? I don't. That would be. It has to be the best. I mean, there's probably some purists out there that like the Open Championship slash British Open uh, just because of the different style. And and I would accept that answer, even though it's wrong. But um, yeah, I mean, the Masters is just it's there's not even a choice there. I'm one of those. I mean, I'm certainly not a golf purist because I'm just not. I love the open. I think it's awesome to see. I like the yellow leaderboards. I, a, I never do good in it on DFS, so that sucks. I literally never do. But the Masters has everything. It has by far the best coverage. Uh, Chad, you know, I'm sure a ton of you guys know, but it doesn't get better than this shot tracker. You literally can see your guy's shots no matter who they are. And that is the greatest thing about this. Yeah, amazing coverage. It's and just getting to know the. It's interesting to me to get to know the holes over the years. You remember certain guys playing certain holes, and it's like you you know the course. And I mean, even the other events that are at uh, you know the normal PGA Tour events that are at the same course every year. It's like you just don't get that kind of coverage of the entire course. And it's so like Augusta, it's like you feel like you know the course. And when they just show a guy, you know exactly like what kind of shot he's he's facing, no matter what hole he's on. Mm, no doubt no doubt and we've got all the regulars and all even the people who have been you know in and out everyone comes for the major so it's good to see everyone in chat we got some people who don't play dfs golf but you're ready to donate that's why you're here my man i'm very excited to get to it before we do we're going to talk a little houston uh not the shell it was the vivant or whatever the only really thing i i want to ask you tim is do you read much into what you see like do you care that decky and some of those guys played well, whereas some other guys maybe missed the cut. Or are you just saying they're getting reps in? It doesn't matter. Yeah, I mean, I, I try not to overreact to one week. But, I mean, I do put a fair amount of stock into what happened the week before. Because I'm kind of like, you know, ride the form wave or ride the trending ball striking. So, yeah, what happened last week is is important to me without overreacting to it. And, I mean, I think certain players it was more important than other players, you know, like, uh, you know, what Brooks did or what Molinari did, I think it's probably more important than somebody who has been playing a ton. And maybe I'll put more stock into a few guys who maybe hadn't played much. Um, so it differs from player to player, but yeah, I mean, I, I put a fair amount of stock into what happened last week. Sure. I do too. Um, it, it is player to player. There's no doubt that certain guys go there with certain goals. Like I don't, think that they're too concerned about winning and then other guys are working on things other guys are just playing because they play that's what they do uh let's just keep it going though so a couple things right off the top we'll keep an eye on it right now there's been some COVID issues we knew about Neiman he's been out for a while Sergio is out that's all I've seen though no one passed Sergio right Sergio hasn't played in the in the last three Masters. I don't he's think, he's been prepping two. for this moment. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Ever since he won, he's basically been a no show. No, that's uh, that's all I got. Hopefully, it, it stays that way. I don't I don't like those last minute shakeups where it's like you got to rearrange everything uh, the night before. So hopefully, we we just we we got all that out of the way. Yeah, no doubt about it. 
Other things, here we go. So the field, this is not a normal tournament. There's only 90 something guys in the field. So it's much less, it's kind of a hybrid WGC, but the cut rule. So, so Chad, let's just get this out now. It is top 50 in ties play the weekend. But again, it's only like 90 something players. So it's a pretty easy cut to make. It used to be 10, within 10 shots of the lead on Friday, you would play the weekend. From what we've seen, that is not the case. It is now just top 50 in tires. Yeah, no 10-shot rule. I love the 10-shot rule. It just added an extra layer to that cut sweat because then you had to worry about the guy that was in first place. It was like, oh, if he makes another birdie on 18, he's knocking out like a bunch of guys um, that would be making the cut. Um, But, yeah, top 50 in ties. Like you said, it's a small field. And the other thing you have to think about with this field is, yeah, it's a great field, but there, there is some uh, dead money in the field, or I don't know how you want to say it. You know, a few amateurs, and maybe the amateurs could make the cut. You know, some old guys, Larry Mize, uh, Mike Weir, Fred Cumberland. And, you know, yeah, are these guys live to make the cut? Sure. But, I mean, when you talk about, you know, PGA Tour players, there's, you know, 80. So, yeah, it is an easy cut to make. This feels like a and I hate to say this, this is probably the kiss of death. It, it feels like a predictable tournament in the fact that it's like, you look at the course history and it's like the same guys, the good players there every year. It's not like a U.S. Open where we normally have a lot of carnage and it's like, oh my God, all these guys miss the cut. I think, like you said, six of six, even without the 10 shot roll, should be pretty high this week. Um, and yeah, you're going to need six of six and you're going to need a lot of guys right around the lead oh you definitely need six six this week this is not going to be even if some big name guys get cut uh which is not going to happen most likely you need six of six so we're gonna do our best to do that you get that you get to the weekend and, and you give it a whirl but let's talk about augusta a little you mentioned it one of the great things about this major is it doesn't change all the other ones rotate so it's like oh the guy played good at the u.s open but now we're on a different course this is always at augusta I don't know. I mean, talk about Augusta and then feel free to give your insight on does it being November, does that matter? Will we see a change in what we normally say? Yeah, well, that's a tough one. Um, But we'll just start with the course 7,400 yard par 72 bent grass greens. Um, You know, it's just your typical bombers paradise. I mean, I don't know if there's a course on tour where length is more of an advantage. Wayward tee shots really aren't uh, punished that much. You know, there's not much rough. Um, there's not a lot of hazards that come into play off the tee. So it's kind of like the worst you're going to face with wayward drives is you're in the pine trees and the pine straw, but that is usually you're able to recover from there. Um, so that's why you've seen, you know, Bubba, Phil guys that are long off the tee, but not exactly, uh, the most accurate, even tiger in his prime tiger in his prime was more Bryson than he was like Rom or Rory, where he was ripping at 340 right down the middle. I mean, he was obviously great but he he was a little while with the driver from time to time so yeah this is you know the course that I mean really just sets up great for the bombers um you know a lot is made about the greens um but if you look over the years I mean there's been historically really bad putters have won here it's like people talk about the greens like you got to be a great putter to win at Augusta but I mean if you look at some of the guys that have won and they're putting stats just for that year guys like Adam Scott uh, Sergio, uh, Bubba, not a good putter the year uh, he won. Yeah. I mean, there's, there, there's just been, it's like, yes, you have to put good this week, but 
it's not a place where it's like, oh, we need like Luke Donald and Mackenzie Hughes. It's no, I mean, the, 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 it rewards great ball strikers who are, have a decent week with the putter. No doubt. I, I think just as much uh, to me around the green can be interesting here because it's a lot of slopes. It's a lot of tricky lies. If you don't know what you're doing, you can leave yourself in just horrible positions. So it's, it's an all around test. I've seen some things that, you know, these are fast greens. We know that they, they pump them up and like Bubba has shown he's a very defensive putter. I, I think there's some merit to that, but I, I don't drill down into these type of stats. I think that's a little too noisy and whatnot. We, what we do know is that if, if you're a bomber, you're going to be able to take some aggressive lines here. How aggressive? Well, that remains to be seen. Uh, I guess it's similar. We can, we can, we'll get to the golfers in a second. But last thing, I know I alluded to it and you said what I think the honest answer is, we don't know. Are you doing anything different? Or are you pretending this is in April? I'm pretending it's in April, um, but that's just me. I, I try not to overreact or overanalyze uh, things that we really don't know about. You know, it's supposed to apparently a soft there, uh, rain in the forecast, and that just plays even more into the bombers. Um, so yeah, I'm not, I'm not planning for anything that much different than than if this was played at the normal time but that's just not my style I mean some people really like to get into that stuff and try and pick it apart and find an edge that way that that's generally not what I do um so yeah I'm I'm really not going to change much in that regard no I'm not really either I've seen and listen we'll talk more about the weather tomorrow night on live before lock I think if it's wet it it just favors the bombers even more because you know they can carry it further and obviously they can attack the greens plan for different things. I always plan for different things in terms of how hard the course will play, even a place like Augusta, but I don't think it's different than if it was in April. Let's get to the golfers before I do two things. One, we got all the regulars in here. We're going to pump up these likes. Let's hit the like button, subscribe to the channel if you haven't, obviously. So you get all our notifications on when shows are going on, but I also want to let you guys know if you're not a member, we have a promo running right now. And obviously it's golf centric promo code Augusta but it's not just golf. It gets you a weekly pass for 50% off that you get NFL, MMA, everything we have, obviously, including golf as well. There is no better week truly to come on in and give it a try. We have a ton of tools. The ownership is going to be massively important this week. And it's something we'll touch upon on the show. But if you want the projections, you want the ownership, the top stacks, certainly for, for NFL and whatnot, come on in, get yourself 50% off. No better time to do it. Here we go, Tim. I mean, honestly, we could start just with one guy. What do you do? Let's seriously just start with Bryson. Uh, there's, I mean, apparently he's just playing a different course. It's a par 67 for him. This guy, he's quite a character. I, I don't know what to expect. I, I think clearly we know we saw at the U.S. Open, if, if he's right, he can take it apart. What do you do with him? He's the highest priced player. You think he can do it? You think he will do it? Where do you start? I mean, of course, I think he can do it. I think any of these guys at the top can do it. Um, you know, the thing with him is we just have to take more of a long-term look at, at how he's performed. And we talked about this last week with lesser guys like Harold Varner. Um, but we've talked about it with Bryson before. He plays such a high-variance style that, you know, when he is the most expensive golfer, and he is by $500, that's not insignificant, um, when he's going to be popular, which he will be popular, he's probably not the best play. Now, has he looked great? His last two events, lap in the field, the U.S. Open, uh, playing good at the Shriners. Yes, but 
you don't have to go that much farther back before that to where we were like, oh, Bryson's terrible again. Like we've gone back and forth on Bryson since the restart, I think like three different times. He came out and he was the best player in the world. Then he had a, a, a four event or so stretch where he was broken. He was lost. He was a fraud. He was terrible. And now he's back. Um, and to me, it's like, yeah, if, if we're making one lineup just this week, yeah, Bryson's got a great shot, but I'm just going to kind of buy low on him when the public is off of him and his price is depressed and the ownership is depressed and, you know, kind of sell when he's this expensive, this popular. It's just from week to week, we just don't know what we're going to get for him. It's a great course fit and everything, obviously, but the high variance style, um, you know, has me, I would proceed with caution, I guess, because I guess we just really don't know what we're going to get from week to week with him. That's the thing. I I think really that's all we can do with him. I think he's the most likely wire to wire winner. I think he's the guy most likely to win by like 10 shots. I think he's the most likely to break the course record. All of those things. I also think if you tell me and we'll roll in now to the actual range, there are five guys 10K or above. I think he's the most likely to come outside like the top 40 because that's the way he plays. If it goes wrong, he could be in massive. We saw some Memorial and I know I'm picking out a different course, but Bryson made like a 10 on a par five there. When it goes off, it can really lose it. We've seen his irons. If you zoom out, he's had three tournaments over his last 10 where he lost five or more strokes on the approach. That's horrendous. Most guys up here will never do that. He's also has tournaments where he's gaining five plus strokes off the tee. You don't really see that either. He's just incredibly high variance. I wouldn't fault anyone for starting there. To me, John Rahm, Rory, much safer, much, much safer. I don't know if they have that top, top upside. But again, we're talking about the best players in the world, so it doesn't really matter. If they play well, they will be there with a chance. Are you going to talk about your boy JT? Because he's going to be the lowest of the five. Yeah, it's really interesting when you break down these guys at the top. um, Because from like a game theory perspective, it seems like JT is the best play uh because I just don't think like you said I don't think anyone's going to play him um and I think well it's just it's it's different with every player but you know we look at his results he's kind of the only one that really hasn't contended here even though he hasn't played horribly he's kind of dialed it in 39th 22nd 17th 12th he's coming off a t2 I mean I like JT he's still not my favorite play at the top I'm just a long-term JT guy based on um excuse me um just based on the overall well-roundedness of his game, more so than Rom, <clears throat> more so than Rory. Um, but for me, I think it's DJ at the top. I mean, I think he's easily the best player. I think DJ should be that favorite. Do you, do you not think that he should be the most expensive player in this field? So I, I don't, I'm not opposed to saying that by any stretch. He's doing everything and COVID's in the rearview mirror. He, you know, he's played phenomenal. Obviously, his big masters, he didn't even play in it when he was really rolling a couple of years ago because he fell down the stairs. Uh, he was second here last year. He's got, in his last four appearances, four top tens or better. There's nothing not to like except DJ is going to be the highest owned player on this slate. Uh, I think he could be north of 30%. I think he could push to possibly 40% in higher stakes. It's a lot uh, when you're talking about small edges. And I think they are really small ownership matters. So DJ is the best price of, of all of them. Obviously is the cheapest. 
I think I have Rom and Rory ahead of him, and I have him ahead of JT and Bryson. That's how I'm doing it, at least. I mean, to me, it, the, the thing about DJ is the upside is obviously there, but he's been so consistent. I, it's unbelievable since the restart. Um, I know he had, what was it, the Memorial. He had a two-tournament stretch where he wasn't good, but outside of those two, I mean, T12 are better in his last seven. T6 are better in his last six. Uh, the ball striking has been phenomenal, at least 8.4 in four of the last five. He's got a great record here, as does pretty much everybody at the top. Um, but I don't know. Even at the ownership, it's going to be hard for me to pass up just because I feel like he's playing better than anyone. And not only is he – and he's more consistent than anyone, but still has the same upside. It's like it's not like we're playing a Webb Simpson or a Cantlay or somebody who it's like, well, you know, he's safe because we're worried about this, worried about that. I mean, it seems like he's either winning. I mean, it literally is he's winning or coming in the top five. And I mean, yeah, you can't argue with the form. He just seems so mispriced that even at the ownership, I'm still going to play him. I mean, he could be the second guy in. It's that, That's how soft the pricing is. You know, so that's, that's what I wanted to ask you. When we look at, because a lot of this is not, especially in majors, and, and we say this all the time, and it's probably not, doesn't make for those fire gifs and, and those viral tweets, which we all need in life. But the, the truth is all five of these guys make a lot of sense for different reasons because they're the best players in the world. So it doesn't, I'm not gonna say it doesn't matter who you choose, but you're not gonna pick one of these guys and then think, oh my God, this is great. Like if you, if you leverage with JT, you can build more vanilla. If you pick DJ, you have, possibly the best priced adjusted play on the slate you're going to need to leverage elsewhere so just make sure you know what you're doing I I wouldn't focus honestly on who rather than what you're doing when you pick them but you you mentioned he could be your second man and are you going to try to build with two north of 10k yeah I don't know if I'm going to do two north of 10k I definitely like the idea of kind of like three you like the, I don't know if you want to call it like the modified hybrid, like kind of three north of like 9,400 or something like that. Um, but I, I think there's reasons, a couple reasons why he could be your second guy. And first of all, pricing is soft because it's a major. Second of all, we're expecting there to be a pretty high six to six percentage. I think there's um, a lot of viable cheap guys you can play it's not like you're scrounging for value down. It's like, wow, I, I just can't figure out a way to make this work. I mean, there's plenty of guys sub 7K that are that are live here. So I think that makes it really easy. Um, you know, I don't know if I'm going to go that route, but I definitely think it's a viable route. I certainly haven't built yet. I'm seriously considering doubling up up top. And I want to see exactly what you talk, when we talk and we're going to get to the cheapies, of course, how you do that but the opposite of that build would be not using any of these five and if you do that you're going to get to the 9k range you've got Xander you've got Brooks Cantlay Morikawa Hatton Webb Reed Tiger uh Bubba a lot of green jackets in there some guys playing some really good golf I'll tell you right now I don't like the balance build this week I think you're sacrificing too much with the five north that we just talked about what do you make of the 9k range where do you go if this is how you want to start yeah, a lot of good plays here too. Um, you know, starting with Xander at ninety eight hundred, he's played great. I mean, I, he hasn't really had a bad tournament um, since the restart, 
and he was playing really well without striking it well, you know, at places like the tour championship where he won um, and, and right around that stretch, um, he was doing a lot of the damage with the short game, which I didn't like to see, but it's kind of bounced back a little bit with the ball striking T17 at Zoizo plus 5.2 uh, second at the CJ cup where he's plus 4.7. And I mean, I just think, yeah, it kind of like DJ. I mean, he hasn't been as good as, as DJ, but it seems like, the bad performances are still good, but and he has that winning upside on top of it, and he was second here last year too. So, I mean, it, it would be popular to start DJ Zander, but it feels very safe along with still having, like, huge, huge win equity. Um, so, yeah, big fan of, of Xander. I don't know. The, re- the rest of this range, until we get to Bubba, I, I feel like there's a lot of red flags. So – Let's work through a couple of them. Um, Cantlay used to be like the model of stability. He he really, I think it was a pretty down year for a while. Just not, nothing crazy, but he just wasn't finding those top tens. Uh, from Memorial all the way to Shriners, he, he did basically nothing. Eighth at Shriners, 38th at the CJ Cup. I don't want to say he stole the Zoizo, but all of a sudden you look up, he's in the hunt. JT and Rom kind of falter and, and Cantley takes one down. So he comes in here off a win. I'm not reading a ton into it. I, I think he's always, I was not concerned when he was playing poorly. I'm not super excited that he won. To me, it's just a little overpriced. I, I don't think I can pay that when I can find 400 for DJ. Yeah. I mean, I'm not a huge fan of Cantley here. I, you know, I, don't, I don't think he's a terrible play. I think if you made a, a really great lineup and you had $9,600 left, I wouldn't blow it up just because like Cantley was in there, but you know, I'm with you. I, yeah, like you said, I don't know, C- coming off of the win. I mean, I don't really think that affects him too much, but just in general, his body of work since the restart, even with the win, I, I don't know. It was just like that kind of felt like it came out of nowhere. He'd been not great. Um, you know, Brooks, I don't know. I think people are going to see what he did last week and really want to go there, being that he finished fifth. But he did a lot of damage with the putter. Uh, the ball striking was plus 2.4, which was decent. Uh, but a lot, a lot of damage was done with the putter. Um, and to me, I, I, I just don't feel like he – like sometimes you see guys that – the finish is way better than the, the the way he actually played or the way he struck it. And sometimes they guys strike it great and, and the finish on paper doesn't look good. And for him, I just don't think he played as well as that T5 would indicate. I don't, I'm not ready to say, Oh, he's back. And this is a major and we just need to fire up Brooks. Um, so to me, even though he finished fifth last week, I, I don't think I'm going to play Brooks this week. He's it would be an ownership play for me. He's sitting right now. And obviously these can change around 10%. Uh, I think that's pretty fair. If it got a little lower, I might get leverage. I'm not really looking to this range. Why? Because I already told you, I'm seriously considering doubling up. And if you double up, you can't get anyone in this range. Hatton, I I don't have a strong take. He's been phenomenal. But again, his price bounces pretty wildly, similar to Morikawa. Uh, He's starting to show a little more erratic. He was making all those cuts. Now it's been a little more hit and miss. I think they're fine players, but I'm not sold. They're not really particularly Morikawa's play, you know, he's not playing as good as he was. I want to talk more about the bottom of this range. What do you do with Webb? We know he's different, but if he holds it together off the tee, his iron and putting is world-class and the price seems more than reasonable. Yeah, the price is fine. 
Um, but boy, this is really just the opposite type of course that we've seen Webb really excel at. And he's just one of those guys that generally has won at the same types of courses kind of over and over again. You know, your Harbor Towns, your Wyndham's, uh, the Players' Championship, uh, places where there's more of a premium on accuracy, um, not places that's a, that are bombers paradises. It's more of just, you know, find the fairway and then uh, short irons, chipping and putting. Uh, and, and that's right up his alley. So, I mean, he's a great player. I love Webb. Uh, and at some places, I, I love it when he's in the field with guys like Rory and DJ if it's at Colonial or, or RBC because I think he's actually in an advantage there. Um, but here, it's just there, there's so much off the tee requirement, and, and I just don't like the course fit. And he's just a guy that seems to specifically, you know, he plays well everywhere. But if we're talking about truly contending or having a, a you know, a decent amount of a win equity, I, I just don't love the course fit for him here. So, so one guy we know loves the course. He's got a couple of green jackets in the closet is Bubba. He's playing phenomenal. He's going to be popular for for that reason. He's playing great, and he loves Augusta. What do you do with Bubba? And again, may, maybe the ownership will stay depressed. I, I personally think that he will garner some interest there at flat nine, but there are some other guys. We'll get to Finau in a bit. What do you do with Bubba? I love Bubba. I, I think he's a great <laughs> player. not, honestly? I, I mean, I've liked Bubba for a while now. Um, because the ball striking has been good um, almost week in and week out. Um, positive ball striking in his last seven with some really, really big positives. Like Memorial, he was plus 10.6. U.S. Open, he was plus 10.6. C.J. Cup, he was plus 8.6. Zoizo, he was plus 6.3. Um, so, I mean, he's been striking it great. And it kind of hadn't all put it together. Until he goes to CJ Cup, till he goes to Zoizo, fourth and seventh. The course fit, I mean, obviously is perfect. He's won here twice, but he was 12th here last year. He's fifth year the year before. Um, I think he's a phenomenal play. He's one of those guys, you put him in, you know, a different type of player, but like a Reed, like a Snedeker, not consistent, but when they play good, they can hang with anybody. And at 9K, if he's playing well, there, there's no question in my mind that he can hang with Rory, DJ, Bryce, and all these guys. Now, maybe he's not the safest play for 9K. I, I don't really care about that. I think he's playing great. Um, but boy, they, I, I just, I think everything sets up perfectly. I think the price is great. And I could easily see him winning here. I mean, that's the thing that's funny with Bubba. Everyone talks about, it's like, oh my God, Bubba loves Augusta. He's got two wins. He also has a ton of really bad finishes here. And that just speaks to how he plays. You're not going to find really consistent play from that guy. I I don't mind it. I'm obviously a Patrick Reed guy. That's a really tough one Um, for me, a 1v1. Reed does it differently. I think if the course plays tougher, it would favor Reed. I don't think it's going to, though, to be honest. Uh, there's a lot to like with both of them. I think if I go to the nines, those are my favorite two of the bunch. The only guy we haven't talked about, and sadly, I think it would only take about 15 seconds to get through a, a deep dive on him. Is there any scenario where, where you would play Tiger? 
No, he's, he's just hasn't played well. Um, he hasn't played much, but when he's played, it just hasn't been good. Um, and I know, you know, this is like the premier course history course. If you're going to believe in course history anywhere, it's here. So I guess I would expect him to play better than he has this year. But I mean, he hasn't really been close. Um, and that's the thing. I mean, so for him to, for us to say, yeah, I think he'll play better. I mean, what is that? A T T25, T30 maybe. I, I don't, I just don't see him contending. It just hasn't been there this year for him. There's nothing, there is nothing that you can point to outside that he's Tiger and this is Augusta to think he, to think he's going to play good. He may play well, of course, and he's going to be very low owned, but man, I, it's a big opportunity cost to back someone might be your second man in and you're hoping and you're searching because he's shown nothing and it's not just the ball striking. His putting has been absolutely atrocious. So I don't see it. Let other people do that. Let's keep it going. 8K, obviously, there's going to be a ton of guys. We'll start, though, with the only guy, in my opinion, that could rival DJ potentially for ownership, uh, and it's Tony Finau. 8,800, we know he doesn't win, but at majors, and you alluded to this a couple times, where he was north of 10K in easier fields, and you said, I want him maybe more in a major because he plays better with that. You don't need as much upside. Is this what you had in mind? Yeah, I mean, I think I have to play him. I've been I've been preaching that kind of all summer, and you know, and it's not that he doesn't have the upside. Yeah, he hasn't won, but you know, at this price, he's contended plenty in majors. Um, you know, T five in the twenty eighteen U.S. Open, T four this year at the PGA Championship, T five at the Masters last year, T eight at this year's U.S. Open, T nine the 2018 open championship t10 at the 2018 masters <laughs> i mean the guy's like a top 10 machine um in, in these events i don't know what it is he just likes the strong fields uh likes the tougher tests i i'm not sure i don't usually buy into stuff like that but for him it's really hard to ignore and uh, and the, the other half of that is the price it's a lot easier to play him at this price um than it is when he's you know two thousand dollars more expensive um but yeah, I, I like him a lot. He will be popular, but he's been, he's been really good, you know, since the restart, he was okay. Last week, T24, the ball striking was fine, but I mean, just in general, he's had a lot of good finishes, a lot of great ball striking performances. And this just seems like, you know, at the majors, this seems like really where he excels. So I like him a lot, but yeah, he will be popular. He will. Now, one of the guys I think that gets the biggest bump from last week in ownership is going to be Decky. He came in second at Houston. He gained across the board. He gained four and a half strokes putting, and that's the red flag for me. Uh, not to say that's a bad thing, but yeah, he should finish second when he does. He honestly should be winning when he does that. He's going to also garner some interest. Do you view him the same as Finau as a consistent guy who's going to find that weekend, maybe not get to the real top, but how do you differ if you had to pick between the two? Can you play both of them? Where do you fall with Hideki? Yeah, well, I guess one thing we should point out is that pricing came out before this tournament was done. So anybody that played well, that was in the Houston field and played well, is theoretically going to be a little underpriced um, because that's just not that's not factored into the equation. Man, I've I've struggled with Hideki. I think probably as people that watch this show every week can can figure out. I mean. You know, he played great last week and he's been so consistent, but it just seems like he has struggled to get into contention. Now, obviously that all changed last week. He was runner up um, and he now now he has a second and a third in his last like six starts. Um, You know, I like Finau better. I just think he's shown 
uh, an ability to contend in majors a little bit more than Hideki has and a little more frequently than Hideki has. But, you know, it's, I mean, it's a coin flip, to be honest with you. I I prefer Finau, um, but if if anybody wanted to play Hideki, I I mean, the ball striking is great. The, The around the green is great. He struggles with the putter like a lot of these guys do, but I mean, he's, he's played great here. I I'm preferential to Fino. I think Fino is definitely safer. Uh, no doubt about it. I, I'm a little confused at what's going on with Decky. His around the green game has been immaculate to almost a, a borderline unsustainable level lately. Like he, he gained 3.4 around the green at Houston, 4.6 at CJ cup, 6.1 at the BMW when he came in third, 5.2 at the PGA when he came in 22nd. That's a lot of strokes, and it's tough to rely on that. The putter is an issue. I think, honestly, both will be just fine. I'm not – it is a coin flip. They're going to both be popular. So what I want to do is zoom out. I'm going to give you a handful of guys here. Would you potentially pivot off these chalk plays for these guys? Adam Scott, Fleetwood, Wolf. Uh, it would easily be Wolf for me. Adam Scott, just more of the same last week. The what we hasn't played much. When he's played, it just hasn't been great. It hasn't been terrible. Um, Fleetwood's been awful when we've seen him here on the PGA Tour, and then he goes back and beats up on some beats up on some awful European Tour field and like the Nordia Masters or something. He comes right. back here and he's he's terrible. It would be easily be Wolf for me because I don't think people are going to play him, and it's just another one of those cases of a volatile dude who like a month ago we were ready to anoint him like one of the best players in the world. Um, he has a couple lackluster tournaments and now everybody's off of him. Um, but just like Bryson, just like Bubba, the course fit is awesome. Um, you know, he hasn't played here before and that's something that we didn't mention. And this is another thing I try not to get into too much, but we've seen it at Augusta where it does take guys a little while to figure this place out. Rory, struggled here uh pretty mightily and then all of a sudden he just it all clicked and then it was like an automatic top 10 and we've seen this with a lot of guys so having not played here maybe a little bit of a red flag for wolf but i think easily um if you're giving me the options of fleetwood and adam scott it's easily wolf for me wolf's definitely the bigger boom bust uh i think adam scott's by far the safest fleetwood is another wild card that I really don't don't know what to do because the stats are all over the place. Again, these are things that I, I, I can't quantify. I do think some of the sting is taken out by having no fans for guys that are coming here for the first time and just in general in majors. It's just not as action-packed. I, I do think you benefit if you haven't been there and there's not tens of thousands of people lining these greens. Uh, will we ever know if that's true? No, but... I think there's something to that for guys like Wolf Morikawa coming down the stretch at the PGA. It's just like college golf for them in a lot of ways. I know the pressure internally has got to be huge, but not from the crowds. Do you feel like because this is a smaller field and it's generally just the leaderboard is absolutely stacked with great players from top to bottom. And I just feel like in years past, I remember having guys there were like T25, T30. And, and at the beginning of the week, or if you would look back and you're like, oh, I played this guy and he was T30, like Adam Scott or T25. It feels like it's okay. But in the end, it's like, it almost feels like you have to have so many guys in and around the actual lead that, that 
going for safety with a guy like Adam Scott and having him finish T25, I don't know if it's just certain years, but it just feels like it hasn't done as much at the Masters because there's just going to be so many studs at the, in the top 10. I think it's also, I'm with you. I think the way I see it is that at the Masters, you're going to look for that, but it's not going to be from a high eight. It's going to be from a high six. Yeah. Like you're going to, you're going to need someone to slide into that top 25, top 30, but it's going to be someone paid that's a pay down because it's easier to make this cut. So you can really be aggressive at the top and then you hope someone that you pay down finds that weekend and does that for you. But I think some of the guys that are, are kind of quote unquote, the safety guys, when they're up here, they just sacrifice too much top five, top 10 equity guy like Adam Scott, perfect example. There are three guys at the bottom of this range, and then we can move to the sevens. And feel free to uh, loop in Jason Day. I don't have a ton to say about him. If he's healthy, he has a chance, but we don't know. We've got Ricky, we've got Spieth, we've got Casey. Any interest in them? If you had to take one, who would it be? Very erratic golfers, obviously. It would never be Spieth. No way. I can't even figure that. Outside of course history, no clue why he's priced there. This is tough. And I think this is a little bit different than normal masters draft Kings. I feel like in years past, it was just so easy. There were so many guys in like the mid sevens, low eights that felt just like layups, free squares. And it's like, ah, we'll play one of the expensive guys. We'll play one nine K guy. And then there's like three free squares at like 75 to eight K, whether it's Ricky Casey or or these guys And, and the names are there. The course history is there but none of them are playing that well. And I think that's the problem. Um, you know, Ricky Casey, you could throw, I mean, he's in the high sevens, but like, I like bros, you could throw him in the mix where it's like, they're all in the same boat. They've all have great course history. They're all great names, but none of them are playing great for me. It would be Ricky. I don't know. I just feel like he's got the all around game. The short game is so good. The course history is good. He hasn't played well the last two times out. Um, but I, I just think the well-rounded game, I hate, I just don't like Casey. I like Casey at a, where I think it's just going to be a grinded out, tough course, hard cut to make. Those are the types of places where I would play Casey. I know he has a great record here, but this just isn't, to me, this, it sounds stupid when you look at his course. This doesn't seem like a great spot for him, especially when he's just not playing that well. I don't know what to really make of where his game is at because his, if you take it basically his entire year, his best finishes have been in majors came out of nowhere at the PGA. Um, Tough course. He had a horrible putting and then he played fantastic at the PGA. He was 17th at the U S open, but those are going to be tougher tests. Yes. Yeah. I I mean, I'm with you and it it doesn't make sense because you look at his course history and it's good. Um, But yeah, this isn't a spot that I love it. It would be Ricky for me. Um, seems to turn up every year, play well here. You know, I love the great short game. I, he's been all over the place. Not a, not a target for me, but if you're putting me in that spot, it's Ricky, but I think it's, it's, it's Ricky for me too, but I, I will say, and Chad, you guys know me with Ricky. I'm, I really finally cooled on him quite a bit. There's nothing. That's when that's when he does good. That's what happened with me and Casey at the PGA. I hung on at the PGA. The only redeeming thing I did in the PGA was I played Paul Casey uh, at very low ownership. The difference, I'll say this: Paul Casey coming into the PGA had had 
three horrendous tournaments with the putter, and it was a clear problem with the putter. Ricky's problem is all over the place. His putter doesn't work. His irons, he's losing balls. He's in the middle of a swing change. It's erratic. So I always think when it's erratic, if it connects, watch out. That's great. But there's a lot of things that can go wrong. It's not just like, well, if Ricky starts putting better, he's going to be great. No, because something else can go wrong. I'll probably have share. I will have shares. I just don't know how big a stand I'm going to need to make there. 7K range. This is where you're right. I feel like it used to be Stenson and Kucher and some of these guys where you, you pencil them in for a 15th to 20th and you move on. We just don't have that. We've got Scheffler though. Usti, Rose, Fitzy, I think is going to be what people do. Sunjay, Phil is here, but that's not real. Um, what do you do in the high sevens? Yeah, this is tough. I, I, I struggled because I was just looking for that guy that just seemed like the layup. I'll start with Usti, who I like a lot, probably the most in this range. Um, another guy just turns up at majors all the time. Um, and he's been fairly consistent. Um, not great at the CJ Cup, which was his last start, T48 minus 1.8 with the ball striking. But pre- previous to that, seven in a row positive ball striking. I had been on him a couple times throughout that stretch and for him to just show any amount of consistency I think is really important because we've seen him over the years just be so erratic you kind of never know what you're going to get out of him very boomer bust but he's, he's shown some consistency a little bit of pause because he wasn't great at CJ kind of that positive ball striking came to an end but that was just one event and in a range where I don't know there just seems to be question marks not a really layup of a play I, I like him because I, I I like the upside at, at at major championships. So I, I, he'd be the play for me in the upper sevens. If it wasn't him, I wouldn't mind just taking a shot with Scheffler who wasn't great last week, T32, but I mean, he's been so, so good. Um, you know, his last, I don't know, six, eight, 10 starts. Um, hasn't played here a lot like Wolf, but I, I, I just think, you know, the course fit should be great, even though we haven't seen him here. Um, and I, I don't know. I don't Do you think people will go to Scheffler? Um, yeah, I, I mean, I, I don't think, I think he's pretty safe for like North of, I'd say, I've said this, I, I would just be shocked if he was sub 10%. Um, I, I don't think he'll be unpopular, but he's not going to be up there with Finau and, and DJ. That's for sure. It, it's just another reason why I guess I like Scheffler is like, if you look at the guys who we consider to be his peers, um, you know, you have Morikawa is 9,500. Wolf is 8,500. Hovland's not here. Hovland's not here. He should be. Um, but yeah, it just seems like for what you're getting, 7,800 seems like a great price when you consider, I mean, I don't consider him to be, and I know Morikawa's won tw- twice, three times, three times. He's won a major, but I mean, I don't think there's a no, I'm not good at math, but there's a pretty big price difference between uh, <laughs> Scheffler and Morikawa. So, and, and it's not just there. One of the things, Scheffler in the outright market, 66 to one was floating out there. Uh, if you really think he's got the talent, pretty appealing. I'm not, I, I don't think it's that big of stretch that he could be up there with guys like Bubba and those types. And they're sitting 30-ish to one range. I do want to say on that front really quickly, uh, I have a free article that's posted betting breakdowns. We have a lot of betting content on the masters, but it's not just articles. 
We have a new video. Me and the man behind the glass, I wrangled Josh Engelman to do some golf. Uh, we do a contender style video where we talk about our favorite outright bets. We bang through them. That is out there. Go check that out if you are looking to put some bets down on the Masters. A lot of big odds out there. Bubba, like I said, 33 to 1, one of my favorites. Scheffler also pretty interesting. What, so what do you do with Fitzy? He's going to be popular. I know I keep saying these guys are going to be popular. They're all going to garner some ownership. He's quote unquote more, I mean, certainly more stable than Rose right now. But I don't, I don't know if I really want to go there, given that a lot of people are looking to him in that high sevens. Yeah, I'm I'm never really a fit guy. guy. I again a lot like with Webb Simpson. I just think it's a really bad course fit for him and, and he can play just fine here. Um but it's just it's I think it's just so much harder for these guys that don't have the distance. Like the rest of their game just has to be so much better. And yeah, does he have the ability to to come in the top 10 here or maybe even contend sure, but it's just a lot harder for him to do it. Because uh, you're just not hanging with these other guys in, in, as far as distance goes. Um, 7,600, decent price. But yeah, it just seems more like a safe play. And kind of as I mentioned before, I just feel like we need to have guys. It's, it's not going to be a hard cut to make. So, I mean, going for safety to me just doesn't make a ton of sense uh, in, in this event. And I mean, that doesn't mean we need to just go all out wild man crazy. Um, so you're playing Phil. Yeah, we're going Phil. Yeah. But, you know, I, I'd take a little more bang for my buck with a guy like Scheffler than Fitzy. Yeah, I, I think that I'll, I'll look to Fitzy on certain teams, probably with Webb, to be honest, and maybe some guys like that. Makes Kisner. Um, just because I, I don't think he fits well with, like, Bryson and, and Kokrak and Champ and Fitzy. That doesn't make any sense when you really think about it. Working down to those guys, though, so Cameron Smith, I have to give him credit. He is really playing some good golf. Uh, Does it differently. He's not going to gain off the tee, but his irons are good. He's a good putter. Always been strong around the green. Results are there. There's no doubt about that. Bad course, in my opinion. He's had some pedigree at the Masters, though, and in majors in general. What do you do with Cam Smith? Uh, Boy, I'm a bad person to ask about Cam Smith. You are. Never liked him. Um, you know, we'll put him in the same boat with Fitzy with Webb, but as the price comes down, I guess we maybe have a little less concern about some of that stuff. I, you know, I don't know. I'm just not, just not a, a big Cam Smith guy. And especially the course that rewards off the tee. He's been playing great. Um, but just not for me. I think if we're going down here, I like champ a lot at 7,100, um, yeah, I mean, it's just like, right, we're, we're loading up on all the same guys, the Wolves, the Bubba's. It's like bombs away for me. Um, I like Champ. Get the Zoizo, T8, gained 4.5 strokes with the ball striking. CJ Cup, T42, gained 7.4. A lot of that's coming off the tee, but this is a course where you can do that kind of damage off the tee. Um, some of these tee shots, you look at like 13, par 5. I mean, they're just going to take it right over those trees and have – short iron a wedge into par fives um he's like the poor man's bryson he really is um he can get hot with the putter he does a lot of damage off the tee um he's got upside he's volatile but i think the price is good i think the course fit is perfect i i can't disagree with that i I worry a little about just honestly how good he is but he's shown that his, his top end 
He's won he twice. He's got. He's, he's got to be good. Ah, uh, uh, boy. No, I, I mean, yeah. Listen, I, I get it. I just, I wonder. We've never really seen. Yeah, he came in tenth at the PGA, but like most of his top end finishes have been against weak fields. You know, we're like this is just different. We don't see him in like WGCs really doing much. So so far, it's early. He's a young guy. Yeah. Um, like I said, volatile player, but two wins, you know, and not a lot of starts. And what does he play? Two years on tour. Um, I, I like it. In, in an in just there's not a lot of guys I just have a ton of confidence in in this range. So for me, I if I'm gonna play a guy that I'm not quite sure of. I want kind of a wild man. Give me some some scoring uh, upside, um, and, and I'll take that with Champ. So, as I mentioned, promo code Augusta, you get that 50% off our weekly platinum, which is all the sports, so you can get ownership because I think it's one of the most important things. I will let you know, Chet, that Jason Kokrak, we have projected for north of 20% right now, and that may change. It may stay the same. Tim, what do we do? with Kokrak because he fits the course I I have to admit I do think minus his chipping which can be bad at times it makes sense but this is not a guy when we talk about this and I think it makes a difference this is not Scotty Scheffler seeing the course for the first time it's not champ seeing the course for the first time in competition these young guys like Jason Kokrak is a veteran he's never been here for an obvious reason I know he's playing good and it's credible that he's gotten here I don't know though I'm not really there. I'll be honest. I I know I'm going to be, I'm going to take a more definitive stand and say, just say no to co-crack uh, this week, especially, Co-crack. especially at that ownership. I mean, to be honest, even if we took ownership out of the equation, he doesn't jump out to me as a screaming value. Um, yes, he's played great, but the win we what he he just was an absolute sun running with the putter was he not 10.3 strokes putting he gained yeah um and then he backed that up with a t17 at the zoizo where he was right around zero slight negative with the ball striking and and before that prior to this like little three tournament span where he was t17 and a win and a miss cut he was great you know right around the time of the tour championship but even with the win, you know, I generally just look at the stats behind the actual finish. I mean, it's like I – and maybe that's a leak in my game. I'm kind of not even factoring in the win. I just kind of look. It's like, well, yeah, he struck it all right, but the putting was just off the charts. Um, he doesn't jump out to me as a screaming value at 7K. And then when you factor in ownership, it just seems like an easy fade for me. The guy has gained 21 and a half strokes putting in the last four events. He is a notoriously bad putter. It's the biggest outlier that you're going to find. Doesn't mean he can't play good. It just means that his results are highly inflated due to, if you gain 10 strokes putting, you should win. I don't care who you are. And he did. If you gain five strokes putting, you should come in the top 20. He did at the Zoizo. I don't really think that that means much. So if he's going to be chalk, I'm glad I, not that I thought that you would go there, but he's an awful player to be chalked to. I don't know. He's just a, he's played well, but in general, uh, you know, a lot of, a lot of variance in his game. Uh, he just, I, he just seems like a very bad player to be playing at high ownership. Last guy in the sevens. And then we'll get to the cheapies. We'll bounce on out of here. 
I know, I know he's different, not the prototypical, you know, bomb it. Kevin Kisner, though, I kind of like. He's a Georgia, he's a Bulldog, he's from South Carolina. He's made the cut in, in all four of his Masters appearances. There hasn't been upside, but he is like Webb where, I, yes, it's not the best course, but he still has an out because he's a world-class putter and he can get hot with the irons. Yeah, you know, you, you summed it up a lot like Webb plays great at the same courses at him as him but again the price is down so it's I guess less of a concern for me because it's not like we're not looking to Kisner to carry the team um he was good at Zoizo game 4.1 uh with the ball striking yeah I don't mind him I don't think I I would play him but um yeah he's definitely an option he could be real important for me this week very possible he's on some some key teams I, I I don't feel great about it, but I also, and you, you said this earlier in the show. So if you lied to everybody, everyone that should be following us both on Twitter is going to unfollow you and follow me twice. You said you have options in the 6k range. So now is your time for the cheapies. Oh, there's a lot of options. Now. Okay. Like, of if, options. if you mention Leishman, we're going to delete the show. Uh, uh, no, well, I, I went down that route at one of those no cut events we just had and it was not pretty. Yeah. He was cut just um yeah okay so let's start with uh evr eric Mm -hmm. van royen at 6900 i think is a good play especially when you're considering kokrak just sucking up a lot of ownership in this range t20 last week at houston the ball striking was good uh plus 2.7 and he's been on a good run he was t27 at the bmw pga over in europe and that's a that's the strongest field one of the strongest fields of the year uh, they'll have you. T6 at the Scottish Open, start prior to that. T23 at the U.S. Open and a start prior to that where he gained four strokes with the ball striking. So really nice four-event uh, stretch for him. Um, and he, and he's, he was here last week in Houston, played played decent. I like him. I think he's in this upper six range. To me, I, I honestly think he's the best play. And I'm not a big EVR guy, but I just think the finishes, the quality of the fields they've been in, the ball striking when we've had the stats for it, I, I think it all lines up. I don't think people are going to play him. He seems fine to me. Like I said, he's got some, I like that he's gotten a lot of reps here now. Like he's not someone just coming over for the masters. He plays over here and he's gotten experience. Certainly WGCs he's made cuts in majors. Uh, I don't think there's much to, to really say. What do you make? And I know this is not your speed. What do you make of Weisberger? I don't know. People love him, but I I feel like when we've seen him here recently, he hasn't done too much. Um, I I could be wrong. I've I've seen some decent finishes and I'm guessing they came on the European tour. Yeah. I, I prefer EVR uh, over Wiesberger pretty easily. Uh, I'm just not a Wiesberger guy. I feel like he beats up on the European tour. He's like a Fleetwood light uh, beats up on the European tour comes over here and is terrible. So just to speak to his defense, because he could use it right now with the slander that's going on. This is a guy that we only see over here for WGCs and majors. So it's pretty reasonable to assume he's not going to have a ton of big time finishes. Is he ever going to play well in one of them? Or well, like- <laughs> he's, he's working up to that. He's made the cut in all four masters. I think I, I definitely, I prefer EVR. I'm with you. I do think though, I mean, so you're going to throw out like you'd rather have Siwoo Kim. I mean, I think if you told me one of these guys, 
one and I know you hate this kind of analysis for me, but if you told me one of these guys won Siwoo Kim or Burn Beesberger, I mean, easily it would be Siwoo Kim or even call that a top five or a top 10. I mean, sure, if you told me one of them accidentally just didn't sign up for his tea time and withdrew, it would be Siwoo. So Hey, we're going boomer bus. We're not. We're not going. We're not looking for safety. We're looking for pure upside. All right. Are you playing Molinari? No. Um, that's a tough one because he was. Yeah, he was okay last week. Game two with the ball striking T fifteen. I don't know. It's it wasn't enough for as bad as he's been. Okay, we hadn't seen him in forever. Before this whole break, he was awful for a long time. I'm not ready to just jump back in based on a T15 at the Houston open. I'm just not ready to do it. And honestly, I know that he almost won here last year, but another guy, you put him in this, put him in with Webb. just not a good course fit. Can he play well here? Sure. A lot of these guys can, if they play their a game, but I mean, I'm not ready to just jump back in on Molinari. I'm not either. Uh, The problem is you're weighing, the signs that he improved his game against his, if he would have played bad again, he would be literally unowned. People are going to go to him now. Oh yeah. And not a, not a ton. I'm not saying he's going to be chalk, but that matters. And a lot of it was due to putting. He gained three strokes putting and two and a half around the green. That's a no for me. Yeah. I mean, it's just been so long. And you fact, and, and couple that with, this isn't the best course for him. Um, yeah. That's a no. I got, I got one for you. We got to have our weekly segment. If it's Lanto, is it Lanto? It's not Lanto. No. Good. Are you, are you going to fade Munoz again for the 20th week in a row and just let him crush you? Are you going to finally come over to the dark side? Just take your T20 for 6,700 and move on. Yeah. I'm looking up his course history here. And I, for some reason I, I can't find it. Huh? That's because he doesn't play in a lot of fields like this because he's Sebastian Munoz. I actually have been playing him a little more than than I've let on in in some of these spots. He's been playing phenomenal. This is going to be different, though. This is not Bermuda, first of all. Uh, The irons have been fantastic. Really, everything shuts out. Tita Green, I have no problem. I'll tell you this. I like him a lot more than Lanto. I've seen both of their names thrown around. If I had to pick one, it would clearly be Munoz to me. The bigger concern I have is I'm weighing him against Benny on and Connors and, and C Wu, who I think is firmly in play. He makes sense. And I get, he's playing really well, but where do you stack him up against guys who do have some more major pedigree? Yeah. I like Connors a lot. It's 6,600. Um, kind of like we talked about C Wu and Wiesberger. Like if we're comparing Connors and Munoz, and you told me one of these guys was hanging around the lead on Sunday. I, I it would pretty easily be Connors for me. Um, it, I mean, I've been a fan of him for a long time. Just the ball striking, he was good. T twenty four last week, gained three point eight. He was T eight at the Zoizo, gained two point nine. Not so good at CJ Cup, but then prior to that, Sanderson Farms gained five point seven. Um, yeah, I think for sixty six hundred. You know, he played here last year. He's another guy, you know, people will think, well, it's Augusta. He's going to be awful on these greens. He's, he can't, you can't play an awful putter at Augusta. But like I said at the top, there's been plenty of really, really bad putters who've actually won here. So um, that's just more of a narrative I don't pay much attention to. 
I'm I'm with you uh, for the most part. I think it, it's not ideal, of course, but you can be defensive and it. And listen, a lot of it is if you can score on these par fives and stuff, putting you, you can neutralize it a little bit. Is there anybody? Because I have a feeling, you know, you've mentioned a couple guys now in the six K range, but to me, there's a vast drop off. Do you have people in the mid sixes and low sixes, or is it just the guys we've kind of talked to, 67, 68, 6900? Um, I mean, look, there's guys down there that you can play in a pinch. I, I wouldn't be going there. I think I'm with you. Once we get past Connors, Munoz, those guys, um, yeah, I, I think it drops off pretty quickly. And I, and I think part of the thing is, is that you, some of these guys are playable. I'll take like JT Poston at 6,300. He's been playing fine or even CT pan at 6,100. He's made a ton of cuts in a row. None of them have really done too much, but you're going to need guys that actually play well. They maybe have a chance at a top 20, a top 15, just to kind of just make the cut here and finish T50. It's probably not going to be enough, even from some of these really cheap guys. Cause I think on Sunday, you're going to need some surprising guys, you know, like a Siwoo Kim, like a Molinari, somebody that actually can get inside the top 15 and do some damage. I just don't think it's going to be enough to say, hey, we're going to play CT Pan. And if he finishes T50, that's fine. Because I just, I don't think it's going to be fine. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, the difference here is that most likely, the to me, the 6-6 percentage will outweigh the percent of people that cash in the tournament. Like, most weeks, it's like, all right, if I get six to six through, yeah. I'm going to cash because there's only 6% six to six. Well, if there's 30% six to six and these tournaments are cashing 15% of entries, it's not going to work. It, it, it's almost like a non-cut mentality. So you do need some upside. I'm not saying every guy's got to be in the top 20, but if you're playing someone down here, you want them to at least make make some noise, upsco- outscore their placement points. Uh, certainly in cash, as chat just asked this, Cash is a totally different mentality. This is for tournaments where you're talking about really revving up the upside. You're willing to take some some rough edges and, and possibly some missed cuts in, in your portfolio because you want to maximize your win equity, your top five equity, your top 10 equity. Yeah, uh, 100%. I mean, this is something that I'm struggling with because I it, there's so many good plays at the top and it's like we want to jam in as many of these guys as humanly possible. And we say, yeah, it's a, going to be a pretty easy cut to make but it's like god i don't i don't want to start playing guys at the bottom who i just feel like have absolutely no chance of really doing a lot of damage like could i see ct pan making this cut sure he's made quite a few cuts recently but bad course fit not a lot of upside it's like maybe we're better off spending five or six hundred dollars more getting an actual real golfer I agree. That being said, I'll probably have some CT fan just because I'm a sick fish. I'd, I'd rather play Hadwin. I I don't know, though. This is a range again. I, I think that you got to be careful as you work into the sixes. You need a reason. If you think, though, my final thoughts, and we'll get out of here on this note, if you really like those guys up top, and I do, um, you have to wait. Is like two of the top five worth going to someone in the sixes versus – Cam Smith. How how big of a drop-off is that? To me, I think you can justify it. I really do. I feel like the thing that I struggle with is I feel like, yeah, oh, we need so many guys because this leaderboard is going to be star-studded. 
I need so many guys at the top. So I need to jam in all these expensive guys and then punt. When in reality, I feel like the winning lineups are the guys that just land on those 67 to low 7K guys that end up in the top 10. It's like rather than just taking a pure punt and praying, um, try and identify some of these guys in the upper six, lower sevens that actually have a chance to get inside the top 20. Um, that that's what I struggle with in an, in an event like this. Um, just going all out at the top and it's like, boy, we got nothing left and we're just trying to cobble together two like super cheap guys that have no chance. It hasn't worked yeah. in the past, but I'm, I'm a stubborn. No, I, I think you gotta be careful with that. You really need, it's like a puzzle. Um, and, and you need the lineup to really be working together. That's, that's the key to all of this, I think, is get a lineup where it clicks and doesn't mean it's going to do well, but at least you, you're setting yourself up. And that's why the tools here at Awesome, I think, can really help you when you weigh ownership, when you weigh projections, when you weigh weather and tee times and all those things. Tomorrow night, 8.30 Eastern, me, Jason Roslin, and Alex Baker, the man himself, will be Live before lock, answering your questions, chat, talking lineup construction, how we build for our main lineups and what you guys need to really hopefully take down because there are some big prize pools out there. So make sure to check out everything we have on the DFS side and the betting side. Again, contenders video is posted, ready to go. Betting articles posted. We'll have more DFS content tomorrow. Hit the like button on your way out. Chat, it's been an awesome golf year and it's going to keep going, but it's always a fun time to talk masters with you guys. We appreciate it. Any thoughts, hit us up on Twitter, find us in Slack. You guys know the drill. Good luck, everyone, and we will see you tomorrow night.